to Missionary Dating, a podcast on finding love in and out of the church. And so we're going to be talking about quite a bit of different things along the course of this podcast. But uh, my name is Andy, and I am not only the host, but also uh, a part of this entire world of trying to figure this out uh, whenever it comes to dating and finding love from a Christian perspective. And so I am a missionary kid. In addition to that, um, I think that there is a ton of opportunity for uh, quality puns, and so I'm going to take full advantage of that. So uh, be looking out for more of these to drop, but uh, we're going to release this over time. But this is all just an experiment right now just to see what is it going to look like uh, having these conversations on dating uh, and people being able to share their stories and just kind of peel back the curtain behind the craziness that is Christian dating. And so hope you enjoy uh, and we'll be releasing more of these in the future. Uh, welcome, AJ, Norman. Do you prefer Anna Joy or AJ? Because I feel like we talk about this all the time and I never know. Um, I like when people close to me call me Anna Joy, but like for the average everyday person, they call me AJ. Okay, cool. Solid. So uh, welcome uh, to another episode of Missionary Dating. Okay. Uh, excited to have you on. And so, um, yeah, uh, I'll give some context uh, as the conversation goes on, but uh, give me a quick, like, quick intro of who you are, what you're about, uh, what's your testimony? No, please don't do that. But, uh, <laughs> what's your story? Um, I feel like everybody from, uh, I don't know, I think Bethel, everybody from Bethel is like, so what's your story? Anyways, but, um, yeah, what's your story? Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm Anna Joy. Go by AJ for most. I live in Austin, Texas. I moved here, let's see, at the end of 2019, pre-pandemic, uh, from Columbus, Ohio. So what a drastic culture shift that was um, from the Midwest folk to the Austin vibe. Um, I work in uh, government consulting um, in the K through 12 education space, which is really, really fun. And um, I mean, what else do you need to know? Cool. Okay. First off, all right. How long have you been single? Oof. Okay. Uh, okay. How long have I been single? I have been a year, maybe a year, a year and a half, I think. Cool. 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 All right. How long since your last situation ship? Oof. That's why I'm unsure how long I've been single. Yeah. I think the relationship ended last April, but. Cool. 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 Um, all right. Uh, why do you think you're single? Hmm. If we're being really brutally honest, I'm probably single because I'm a, my standards and my expectations are really, really high. And I do feel in the feedback I've gotten, I am slightly t- intimidating to the opposite sex. Cool. All right. Sweet. Um, upon that, so one of the things that I super appreciate about you and your background is like you were raised Pentecostal. And yeah. so like, tell me how dating was kind of covered in the Pentecostal world. And then I don't know why I'm doing the bunny ears, but like, tell me how like being Pentecostal, raising Pentecostal, and then like you kind of, from what I understand, shifted out in some of those ways. Like how has that affected dating? And uh, how do you think that affects dating to this day? Yeah. So I think what's interesting in, in the Pentecostal world, women are raised to be wives, mothers and wives. And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Cause I think right now um, there's a lot of spotlight on people being like, Oh, they were like made for bread. And like, it's not that at all. Like, I think it's just, they truly understood like that Proverbs 
woman. Um, and so I really was, I, I remember all the times that I like would complain about vacuuming and like someone in the church, whether it was like somebody I was really close with or my mom be like, but your future mother-in-law's praying for you. Um, because that's just the nature of the situation is like, you learned how to be an incredible housewife. Um, I, everyone around me, all my like really, really close friends got married super, super young. And I remember one of my really good friends was like 23 or 24 and she hadn't found her husband yet. And she was just like, I am just going to die alone, which in hindsight is so crazy to think about because when I meet 23 year olds, I'm like, I can't even fathom them being married. Um, but it's really, really interesting that that was like the expectation. Like my very best friend from my upbringing got married like three days after she turned 18 years old Jeez. and that was normal and celebrated. And now I'm like, no, like I look at teenagers, like trying to get engaged and be like, I'm going to be with them forever. And I'm like, but you're not like, let's take a beat. Let's think about this. So, um, I think the way it has affected me in dating is I'm very close to being 35 and I have been married. I was married for a very long time. Um, looking at marriage, like not working out was not an option. So my divorce was a huge source of failure for me. And it was something that I carried a lot of shame with for a very, very long time, because that's just like not acceptable. Um, but also being 35 post-divorce, um, I look at it and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm 35. I'm single at 35. Like there's just, it's almost like this imaginary shame that comes with it. And I've grown a lot as an individual, especially over the last two years. And just knowing like, that's okay. Like that doesn't mean that I've failed in some light, but I do think that I carry that with me because the expectation of being married and like just having all of the children at 12 years old, obviously that's a joke, um, was like definitely heavily given to us. Uh, yes, uh, we at Missionary Dating do not condone child brides. Uh, that's a, uh, okay, that like, so do you think that your like divorce and the dating and all of the like navigating singleness did that have an effect on your relationship to the Pentecostal way of life? I don't want to say like religion because like Christianity, it's all out of the same, whatever. Sure. Uh, no. but like, did, how much did that affect your? the way you were raised Pentecostal and all the above, how much did that affect the way you saw uh, Pentecostalism? Oh, I think, I think that's a really great question because I left the religion or the lifestyle, however we want to look at it when I was 18. So I saw my best friend get married and I just felt like there was more for me. And granted, I think everybody's experience in Pentecost is very, very different. And so there's people out there who probably experienced super healthy things. However, in my experience, that's just what was really, really expected of me. And that's not something I was ready for. So I kind of ran in the opposite direction. And I, I really, I don't want to say I left my faith altogether because I did believe in God, but I just left all of the expectation. Um, in doing so, that's how I met my ex-husband. He was my next door neighbor and I met him at 22 years old. And so it's kind of funny because I did get married very, very early, but I think I married him because that was the expectation that had been placed on me through my upbringing. And looking back, I don't know if I would have, um, we had very, very different, uh, religious views. His, um, religious perspective was if you're a good person, that's like all that matters. And I had a really tough time with that because, you know, being in the Pentecostal, you know, realm, there's a lot that you have to do and a lot that you have to continually do. Um, and there's a big performative piece. Um, so we always differed a little bit when it came to that. Um, but I just didn't care because I was like, well, you know, I am 22 and like, this does make sense. And he's a great guy. And he really was, there was, he was wonderful in so many ways. Um, but after eight years, it was just very apparent that our futures were, were really, really different. 
um, especially in what he was looking for from a wife and what I was looking for, for a husband. Um, I think had I maintained more closely with my faith at the time, I don't, I, I think that we would have conquered that prior to marriage. Um, but we just didn't. And then after I got a divorce, he and I divorced, I realized how, like, you know, I feel it's like a Christian buzzword when they talk about unequally yoked, but how that really, really affects not only marriage, but not from just a religious perspective, but in an upbringing perspective, in a income perspective, um, in an expectation for like child rearing. So all of those things, like you can be unequally yoked in so many different ways. And I just had no idea, no depth for that when we did get married and throughout that relationship. But since being divorced, since, um, a lot of major life changes, I've really, really renewed my personal faith and come back to like Christianity as a whole. Um, and in doing so, it's really, really shed a lot of light on some shortcomings and misgivings that I had in that marriage that I didn't even know were there as a result of my perspective. Yeah. I think that's always like, uh, every, everybody I know that like has had seasons where they've like maybe not stepped away from God, but just haven't really been running after him. And then they come back. There's like, oh, there's things that I realized that through my relationship with the Lord could have been different. But then there's also things like just in marriage in that context by itself could have also been different, especially since it's such a big uh, reflection of who he is. But okay. So that being said, what do you feel like now is your big red flag? And what do you feel like is your big green flag? Because I feel like it's got to be fair that like you can't just be like, Here's my red one, but not a green one. It's like both. Um, so yeah, if you're willing to share big red flag and big green flag. Yeah. I mean, I think be, my big red flag is having been married before. Like not everybody's super comfortable with that. Um, I think my other big red flag is I'm super hyper self-aware for myself. And I'm also aware of others. Like, hey, have you looked into that? And that's not always um, a awesome feeling for others. But at the same time, I think it's also my green flag because I know what it takes to make a marriage work a hundred percent because I've been there and I've seen it. And I've spent a lot of time looking back and being like, wow, I could have done so much better there. I could have done, um, a lot of work here. Um, also I know the things that I'm really good at and being a wife and partner is one of them. Um, and it's something I'm really like, I, I hope that I'm, given the opportunity to do so again in the future, because I feel like learning what I learned, I could just really, really do a stellar job. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely, they're, they're one in the same one, having had that experience, but also like the pros and cons. Yeah. The interesting thing about like the, when you've sat through a lot of, uh, it's like when you watch a lot of baseball, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I know, like, I can, I know how baseball works. I can play baseball. It's like a little bit different when you're in it, but I feel like going through a lot of therapy and like going through a lot of like traumatic experience, you're like, Hey, I've been asked these questions enough. I know how to ask these questions and other people. And so, um, uh, a lot of my friends that feel like, like that have seen a lot of hard circumstances, trauma, life, gone to therapy, have worked through a lot of things. They're really good at helping other people work through things. It's amazing what you pick up along the way. So, uh, that's cool. Okay. I think it's also interesting how much like I've become fiercely protective over my friends' marriages. Mm. So I think it's really, really easy, especially as females, like the guy, you know, the girl can call and be like, oh my gosh, my husband's such a jerk. He did X, Y, Z. And it's like, 
when girls are like, yeah, what a jerk. And they pile in on that. I am not that way at all because I'm so fiercely protective. I will literally have conversations where I'm like, okay, so let's unpack this. Did he not do that? Did he do this? Are we looking at, is this piling on? Like, are you guys okay? Do you want to talk about it? Do you need to talk about it? Because I just don't want anybody to go through that. And I think society right now is very like, Hey, there's other choices out there. Just, it doesn't matter. Like throw the whole thing away. And I never want somebody to experience the same thing I did. And I understand the importance of marriage and like how sacred that is. So I've become like that person for all of my friends. Solid, solid. Uh, Okay. So part of the reason why uh, wanting you to be a part of this is because in conversation, our friendship, and also just like you, like, I feel like everybody has that friend that it's like, they have the, just like the craziest dating experiences. And so um, I'd love to know uh, before we get into your worst dating story, what would yeah. you say has been like, this was the best dating story. This is either a great best, like great date. It didn't work out or whatever, or like this, whether it's an actual date or it was a, a, like a series of events or whatever. Like, what would you say is your best dating story? Um, I had a guy message me on a dating app and his opening was, can I keep you? And I said forever, ever. And he was like, forever, ever. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, yes, absolutely. And I think it's because we didn't like, there was no pressure on the conversation. Like from there, it was just like, okay, we're keeping each other forever. Like what's the next step? And he was like, do we go ahead and go straight to the courthouse or do you want to get coffee first? And I was like, well, I don't drink coffee. So, um, and so I think like, that was like the best lead in and sure enough, we were together for a very long time as a result of like that. But I think there was no pressure uh, leading into our like, Sue, Hey, how's your day going? Cause no one really cares how your day is going. And like, like you have no, you have no depth Good. perception in my life. Good, like, bad. I, this is the only option. This is, yeah. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, right. like, uh, so I think that was incredible. It led to an awesome first date because we literally set the date right away. He's like, can I keep you? And I was like, yeah. And then we were like, do you want to go to a comedy show tonight? And I said, let's do it. And so we knew nothing about each other. We didn't spend all of this time, like trying to figure out every single thing before the date. Mm-hmm. And it just took a lot of the pressure off. And like I said, we ended up being together for a couple of years and it was amazing. And so I think that was probably the best story. Oh, solid. That's awesome. Uh, okay. Juicy part, worst dating story. Oh my gosh. Do you have any, I've told you so many, do you have any that are your personal? Favorite? No, no, no. You got to shoot from the hip. Like what's the thing that when, when someone's like, Hey, I need to know, like, like when you're, someone's like, Oh, I had a really bad date story. And you're like empathetically listening to them. And you don't want to be that friend. That's like one upping them, but you're like, here's my one up story to oh, yeah. dating. Uh, what would that dating story be? Yep. So this, this also started out as my best dating story. Like this guy was like everything that I thought that I wanted. Right. Super, of course, tall, tall, dark and handsome, had his life together. Um, we had great like banter. We go on a date. The date's incredible. We go to like an Italian place. He like orders for me, which I thought oddly like would be like an offensive thing as like a strong independent woman, but it was kind of like flattering because he just ordered something amazing and ordered our dinner. And it was so great. Um, everything was going wonderful. We were talking about church. We were very aligned in our beliefs. Uh, he invited me to Easter with his parents the following weekend, like zero to 100. Right. Um, and it was all going super, super well. And I was like, there's gotta be a catch. Like there's something wrong here. And, um, but I, it was going so well that I was like, you know what, maybe this is like my beauty from ashes story. Like this is like, I deserve this. Um, we leave the restaurant and he was like, do you want to get ice cream? Absolutely. We go to get ice cream and he leans in to kiss me. But instead of kissing me, he licked the side of my face, like the bottom of my chin up through my eyeball to the top of my, um, just, 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 
like a beagle, like okay. licked the side of my face. Okay. And I remember being like, I think in any other situation, I would have been like, absolutely not like abandoned ship block and report left the situation. But because everything else was so great, I was just kind of like, okay, you just licked my face. And he leans over and he goes, yeah, like a puppy. And like this, like childlike voice. And, um, I mean, what do you do with that? Like, I just, I had no idea how to handle it. We're mid ice cream cone. Did you bark at him or something? Or like, <laughs> like, no. And I told him I had like dogs and like, I have two dogs. So I was like really, really trying to unpack what was taking place. And I was like, you know, maybe like, is he thinking that this is along the dog? Like, I just, I don't understand what we're doing here, but I just let it go, change the subject. And I want you to like envision, like think that you're literally about to kiss a person you're so attracted to. And that's what you received. Was it really slow or was it like a quick lick? Like what kind of lick? No, it was like, it was, it was pretty slow. Like it was a solid two and a half seconds. Long enough for me to be like, am I supposed to pull away? Like, like mess up the makeup? Like what? Like how? Yeah, that's. Yeah. Mascara. Like I had mascara like on my face. So, so gross. And I have this thing, like if I smell spit, like, I think it's so gross. I think that's what happens when you grow up with brothers and like, there's what Willie's involved, but yeah. So the whole thing was just super gross, but I let it, I kind of let that slide. We, um, get, we walk back to my car. Like we're about to like say goodbye again. He leans in again and I'm like, all right, redemption story. And instead of again, kissing me, he licks the bottom of my nose. And not even like, like the top, like, like under, like, literally like from like the where your nose attaches to your upper lip to like the tip of my nose licks me again and I was like wow you are really licking my face and I had had enough and as the strong personality woman that I am I was like we're done and so I literally just like grabbed his cheeks and like pulled him in and I kissed him like this is how it should be done let me show you what to do here and it was great. It was a wonderful kiss. It was absolutely amazing. But then when he pulled away, he licked my nose again. And I was like, okay, my guy, what is happening? What is with the licking? Why do you keep doing this to me? Is this like a how to lose a guy in 10 days moment? Like I need to understand. And he was like, I just love becoming a puppy around the women that make me feel weak. And long story short, I won't draw all the details, but it turns out that this was kind of his thing. And yeah. Okay. That's what he wanted. Listen, was we don't like pink shame here, but like everybody's got their thing. But like, it just maybe, wasn't my thing. Yeah, that's may not be everybody's thing. It's like, um, wow, what a uh, did did I can't imagine. Were there squirrels around? Was it like what kind of like is it all puppy or is it just the licking aspect? Because I just feel like it's, I, I just I'm so confused. There's, there's so many layers to this because he did really unpack it all for me. And like what, like there was in situations he wanted to be a puppy, other situations he wanted to be a horse and a pony. There's just like, there's just a lot to it. And that was his own personal kink situation. And I felt like I missed, like I had to have missed the signs because I don't think you go that like hard in the paint for something. Like you don't just like come out strong and like ah. <laughs> like a girl's face, like, right. Like. I feel like there had to have been signs along the way. So I remember I took his dating profile and I screened it, screenshot it. And as any good girlfriend does, sends it to all of her friends in the group chat and says, what did I miss? And sure enough, one of my girlfriends pointed out that in his bio, he looks, he was looking for a strong alpha female. And I just thought that meant like, I got my life together. I'm ready to go. I'm type A, like, let's do this. 
but apparently in the dating world, it means a little bit more. So, okay, cool. What does that mean in the dating world? Um, you know, like you're just really going to take charge and let him be the puppy. Oh, so he, all right. A little on the submissive side. Uh, interesting. Okay. Um, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that because honestly, hopefully, uh, people out there that you're like, Hey, like, um, a good friend of mine the other day, she, uh, I was telling her and her husband about like some stories and dating and all that stuff. And she's like, she's like, Oh, so this person, they just let their crazy show a little bit too soon. It's like, okay. So in that context, how long could y'all have been together before you put like, would you ever have been okay with the, the licking or was this just like, like, could you imagine dating this person for like three, four months or marrying this person and the licking comes up? You like know, That's a really good question. I don't think I could have ever gotten over the licking because it, it was like, <laughs> this is so much, it was full tongue, full face. Like it wasn't just like a little, like, I mean the whole, like, all of my face. Gosh. I just, I'm not somebody that loves the smell of spit and it was just very slimy. And I think like, I don't, that's something I don't think I could ever overcome. And it's funny that you say that because one of the questions I asked him when we we're unpacking this whole like kink situation, I was like, is this necessary for you to feel secure and happy in your relationships? Or like, can you <laughs> leave this what? behind? And he was like, listen, I've been in relationships where my girlfriend did not like it. And I just never felt fulfilled. So I thought, I mean, I'm glad we had that conversation on day one versus four months in. Yeah. I think once you create an attachment, like that makes it a world. Yeah, of- that's good to know. I, Cause I feel like everybody has their thing of like, like, oh, it'd be nice if we could get along on this together. But if not, I can like survive without it. It's like the whole like star wars ted mosby thing is like hey i love star wars like i hope you'll like it but like if you don't it's okay we can survive like yeah a little bit different whenever it involves somebody like removing your makeup at night it's like hey can i do that like, like that's no you're also outside of a baskin robbins like this is like a public family place so what like what flavor could you taste the flavor like th- could you smell the flavor ice cream on yes. this too much all right mint so ch- it was like mint chocolate chip which i guess like i'm glad it was mint not- <laughs> it's like oh, it's like a toothpaste that's <laughs> that's awesome yeah okay. um wow that's amazing okay here's the thing so it's time for favorite positions uh what would you say is your favorite position on dating in and out of the church whenever like what's your hot take on dating right now so my hot take on dating is as a Christian guy, I feel like they know, especially in this may not, and this may not be nationwide, but I really, really feel this to my core in Austin, Texas. If you are a Christian male and your profile says that you love Jesus, you do not have to try hard and you know it. So oh. yes, it's- I think that I think that the population of true Christian males in Austin true true christian unmarried males let me be very clear about that that are on dating apps is so slim that they know that they have a sea of fish women that they can just kind of like "Mm, your prompt wasn't interesting and i've noticed that every guy that's like a true like a true christian guy not just somebody that puts christian on their bio but like team jesus like loves the lord loves people is serving in their church is so particular and their standards are so high because they have such a like yeah 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 all right Um, yeah yeah so that's that's my that's a great position because i feel like as somebody who falls into that category i definitely (laughs) feel like all right there is a like and i think some of this like i'm not obviously not a sociologist psychologist all the things but 
I think there is a part of this where like, it does feel like there are a lot of Christian women out there, mm-hmm. but the quality of Christian women, not there in some areas. Right. Okay. And I feel like when I talk to girls, girls feel the same way about guys. There are some Christian guys out there, but they're not a lot of really great ones. And so I think that there is this, like this perception of both sides. That's like, Hey, like, cause I feel like if, if a girl is very attractive in her and says something in her profile, she doesn't have to do anything. As a matter of fact, I don't even expect her to be in some cases on a profile, like, because she's probably already married or she's like, I am, I like, I'm just going to say yes to whoever my pastor sets me up with. But like, I feel like for the vast majority of people that are actively trying to find a partner and there's a trying aspect to it, uh, it's a little bit different. And so, but I think that's so true because uh, the few guys that I do know that are really good Christian guys and dating all that stuff, one guy, um, and I would put this guy at a solid, like, like I'd put him at a good solid six with a hat on. Um, <laughs> and w- without, I'd put him at probably at a five, maybe a seven. And then with a hat on without like a five and it's not me, stop. But um, I, <laughs> like this guy, he has this amazing girl. Like he loves her. Like, so all the above, but she's not his physical type. And he's literally willing, like he was considering giving up everything for, because she wasn't his exact physical type, which was like, he wanted very something very specific. I'm like, bro, this girl, y'all get along. All the things great, all the above. And he's like, yeah, but I feel like I can find someone that has all these things that this girl has and is my physical type. And I'm like, brother, yes, in the next hundred years you could, but like, you don't have that kind of time and neither is she. So I think, yeah, that's, what would you say as far as like the guys that have Jesus in their profile that like have the options, if you could like clearly like sit them down and like, Hey, from a alpha woman, alpha female perspective. Hey, um, remember, I'm not an alpha female. But from your perspective, you can sit them down and be like, Hey, you need to know this. Uh, this is how the impact is, or this is what like thought, like what would be, like, what would you say to them? I think the tough part is they are like, for me, I know the difference, right? Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're a Christian guy, but like, you're kind of a douche. So it's fine. I'll find something else. But I think there's females out there and they're, they're receiving that as a standard. Like they really only want a Christian guy Mm -hmm. and they really only want to date somebody in the church. And so they're thinking that they're better than the people who aren't. And it's almost like it's opening up for that like church hurt, but like in a Christian dating hurt because they're expecting that Christian guy to treat them better or respond better or be better in some way. And they're holding them to a higher standard. So I think that's what my biggest concern is. Like I had a guy that was like, all, everything was, you know, check, check, check. We were messaging on um, the dating app. And then he was like, Hey, do you want to give me your phone number or better yet? How about I follow you out on Instagram? Which I thought was really, really interesting because most guys are like, I'm not going to follow you on Instagram just so you get followers. Like, you know, don't do that. But he really wanted my Instagram, which fine. Sure. Gave it to him. Sure enough. When I looked on his profile, he had like 12,000 followers and every comment on his photos were these Christian girls being like, be blessed. Hey, I hope you have a blessed day. And like really trying to get his attention. And that's the world that he was thriving in. So I really felt for them because they thought they were getting somebody who was like really, really great and, you know, like presented himself in that true Christian way and what they thought they were looking for, you know, waiting for their Boaz or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it turns out like, I mean, they're not any better. So I guess I, I, what I would say is like, stop being that guy. That's like, 
setting the herd up in the name of Christianity and just, that's good. you know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and I mean, I need to hear that personally as well. So thank you. Um, I think the context a lot of times is, and I've experienced this in dating is that uh, girls are like, and I've literally had this conversation before where it's like, Hey, is there anything you want to know about me? Is there anything that like, no, you're tall and a Christian. That's everything I need to know. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not good enough. That um, actually is like really frustrating to like know that it's like, it's like, I think in some ways and very, very different. Like when it's just like, Hey, you're like, girl, Hey, you're hot. That's all that matters. It's like, girls like, no, I'm more than just my like face looks body all the above. Yeah. Uh, it's like for guys, like when girls have that perspective of like, Oh, he's a Christian guy. So that just checks off the box and it's automatically makes everything better. And it's like, no, no, no. What's his character like? What's he like? Like, cause I've gone through seasons where I would say like, yes, I love Jesus, but my character definitely needs some growing. I've also gone through seasons where I felt like my character was in a really good place. And like Pete, the, like both of them being challenged in different ways, because uh, yeah, you do have some people. And as from that perspective, dating apps, people like, Hey, definitely interested all the above. And like, I, and so I've had that. And then I've also had the like girls throwing themselves and it's just like, Hey, I'm going to be douchey right now because I don't want to entertain this. Um, and so it's hard. It's also hard to like, like there's no manual. I've never heard a sermon on, on, uh, especially in the dating context. And here's how to graciously say, I am not interested in you. And be able to say that from a place of health, especially whenever you are like, Hey, I want to be interested in someone. It's just not you. Like, so yeah. I think, I think, and I think that, that, but I think that's the big challenge is because people think that if you tell them you're not interested, that means that you're not interested in dating. And then they see you actively like keeping your profile up or like going on dates or they see you. And then they're like, what? I thought you said that you just like, what were And I think that's where we have to be really careful because a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm just not ready for a relationship right now. No, you are very likely, possibly, but you're not ready for a relationship with them. Yeah. And I think that the with the with you is silent. And that's the uh, (laughs) and that clarity is kindness. Jeez. Okay. That's super. Okay. So outside of um uh who and this is one of the things is the last thing I want missionary dating to be is this like place where people get like healing and hope and encouragement. It's like that's not it. It's like I just want to be like, hey, here's what's happening. This is hilarious, all this stuff. Go get your healing and hope from somewhere else. Like that's not what this is. This is more like, <laughs> I just want to know these fun stories and be able to like give people a voice. Uh, yeah. bleh, I want to throw up just saying that. But uh, in this whole thing about dating, who or what do you feel like has been really helpful for you um, other than the Lord? Because if people, like if you say the Lord has just been really, it's like, cool, shit. All right, great. But like, who do you, who or what do you think has been really helpful when it comes to your dating? What have you seen that's been like, hey, this has been really successful? uh like whatever it looks like from there yeah so I think two things one um and I feel like people say this all the time but until you actually like commit to it is in dating ensuring like do I even like this person so I think in a world and a culture where like the next person is just a swipe away Mm -hmm. you're you always are just like okay like do do they like my photos and there's all these affirmations and there's all these things coming in but it's not about trying to make sure that the other person likes you and being very likable and like being that person it's like do I even like them and so I think that shift of like sitting down and having dinner and being I think there was a long period of time where I was like I wonder if they like me I wonder if they're you know if they're seeing all the things that I am and then it was really at the end of the day like I don't even like this guy like his beard grows in weird and he's not funny 
money and trying like, to link your face here. and like yeah so exactly so I think that has been a really big thing the other thing that's truly helped me is I read this on some like Christian dating Instagram so cliche but um it was a post that said like stop praying for your future husband because that's never been promised to you like God never said every single woman, like you are going to get a husband. Like that's not stated anywhere. So the fact that we sit here and we spend so much time just praying for our husband and he's going to be praying for us. Like that's not, that's not a promise that you're given on this side of heaven. So at the end of the day, like what you should be doing is, you know, praying God, like if there is, if that person's out here, let him like help me be the best person that I can be for when I meet him or they're just shifting your dynamic of not just guaranteeing that that's out there because it isn't. And that's a daunting thing to, um, accept. I mean, I say all the time, oh my God, especially, I feel like, especially in like culture, like, like different backgrounds of like, oh, I was raised, like you need to be praying for your wife. You need to be praying and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. It's like, Hey, stop praying for him. But like, it's like asking the Lord for them is a little bit different, but like expecting yes. is very different as well. It's like, Lord, where, where are they at? It's like, I, I didn't promise that. Uh, I did make all these other promises that you could definitely cash in on. Yeah. But this specific one, uh, yeah. So I think, but I think it's like praying for like, God, I would love a man that does this. God, like I love a man that's in church and just saying like, God, these are the things I would love, but like, I'm not praying. I hope he's having a great day today. Well, he doesn't, we don't know if he exists. So he's like probably asking somebody on a dating app, how is your day today? And that girl is like, ugh. Block and report. Yes. Yeah. So I think, I think definitely those things have made a really big shift in this understanding. And it also helps with expectation because I'm not sitting here going, oh my gosh, I'm 35. I don't have a husband. Well, you know, and I used to be like, well, God, if you ran out of men, just say that. Well, maybe he didn't. He just he didn't. Because from what I understand, they're all in India sliding into the DMs of white women all in, uh, oh, and they're, they got some great one-liners. So, um, really? Cool. All right. That's super awesome. Uh, look, Hey, seriously, thank you so much for being on. Uh, can't wait. I really hope if you're watching this and you're out there thinking, Hey, maybe I should lick somebody's face. Like just take this as a do not not. like, Oh, I should, I should like, just go to therapy instead. It's going to be great. Remember we don't kink shame. So if they want to lick someone's face, that's totally fine. That's proactive. Just make sure that the person they're with is into that. Yeah. Maybe don't do that on like date one or two. Definitely not after Easter with the family. Uh, but cool. Awesome. All right. Well, seriously, thank you so much for being on. Uh, this is really awesome. I wish you all the best in your season of singleness, which is, um, just, but, uh, yeah. Seriously, if there's anything, uh, anything else as far as like, um, like dating stories or whatever, just like, uh, keep collecting those. Cause we'll probably, uh, probably have room for more stories in the future. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, this has been another episode of missionary dating. See you later. Goodbye. Wow. If you enjoyed that, make sure to like, and subscribe. Uh, I think that's what you're supposed to say at the end of podcast, but uh, if nothing else, we got more conversations coming out. So make sure you set a reminder alerts, all that stuff to be able to catch in on the latest missionary dating conversations. But uh, again, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.